Welcome to the Phil Nason Show, brought to you by PlayUp Sportsbook. PlayUp welcomes all bettors and offers the best prices on the market. They are also proud to be an official betting partner of the New Jersey Devils. Check them out online or in the App Store and see for yourself why PlayUp is your best bet. You're listening to a pre-recorded edition of the Phil Nason Show. The Phil Nason Show. Download us at your favorite podcast catcher, including iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, or Google Play, and please leave a review. You can follow Phil on social media at Cash with Flash and like our Facebook show page. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the Phil Nason Show. Welcome to the Phil Nason Show. I'm excited to have you here. We'll be here for as long as it takes, and we'll talk nothing but NBA on this podcast. PlayUp Sportsbook presents the Phil Nason Show. Head on over to playup.com, sign up for an account, and find out why PlayUp is always your best bet. And I've been trying to get this next guest on for a very long time. He is a fantastic NBA writer. He currently writes for Wager Talk, which is a fantastic opportunity. He also has some other things going on. He'll tell you all about them. Please welcome Eric Pauly to the show. What's up, man? Hey, Phil. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I know we got our wires crossed a couple months ago and I couldn't make it onto the show, but I'm glad that uh, better late than never. Uh, thank you again for having me and look forward to you know talking some basketball and uh, Having a great time. Well, you will, because once you make the rotation, it's hard to get out. Um, <laughs> it's kind of like joining the mafia. Once you get in, we don't let you leave. So that's yeah. a good thing. So what about your sports betting journey? Now, you've been doing this for a while. Tell us a little bit about what you've done so far and what you're, all, all the things that you're doing besides wager talk. Go ahead. Fire away. Promote yourself. Yeah, of course. So um, my journey is actually relatively close to the beginning, I would say. Um, definitely not like on the you know, just starting out phase, but um, it's only been really involved in the community as well as looking to really, you know, beat closing lines and, and win money over the really the course of the last two years. Um, I wasn't really exposed until sports betting until my freshman year of college, which was only, you know, I mean, I say only now, but at this point it was about six, seven years ago. Um, fast forward then to my senior year, and I was actually living with a buddy of mine who was one of those local bookies on campus. And I was at that time, you know, as square as can be betting, you know, three team 10 point teasers, you know, taking the most square games on the board in football. And I'm just sitting there every single day, you know, watching the games with the same kid, whether again, it'd be mostly football, but of course, some basketball um, and just watching everybody in the room upset about losing and him just kind of smiling as the public was continuously losing. And he was just the one, you know, racking the money being the house. Mm hmm. From that day, I was kind of like, okay, well, if I'm kind of just taking bets in the most square way possible, I'm just literally donating my money to my buddy who's sitting right next to me. I might as well just literally hand him the money prior. So I was at the end of the 2018-2019 season when the uh, Patriots bested the Rams. Um, I then, after graduation, wanted to kind of get into sports betting a little bit more in depth. And at the time is actually when I found – uh, the Be Better Betters podcast by Spanky. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you're familiar with that. Yes, if you guys I am. are not, uh, for the viewers, if you're not, it's certainly a great way to get involved and get some great, fantastic information from a pro. But I started listening to the Be Better Betters podcast, and one of the things he mentioned was 
uh, kind of getting some of the books that he read that helped him along the way. So I picked up a copy of Stanford Wong's, um, like uh, one of Stanford Wong's books. I'm forgetting the title right now. It's on my iPad. And also um, a The Logic of Sports Betting by Matthew Davidoff. And I started reading those two books to try to understand a better's mindset a little bit more in detail. So from that, it was the 2020 NFL season was uh, around the corner. And of course, with COVID beginning, I kind of started just really betting into the NFL with a much more serious approach. Uh, I started off with a pretty good season, but ended up like falling off just due to really like, like bankroll mismanagement and kind of getting too cocky with my plays and still not really being like mature enough with the process I thought I was. So I cut that off around week, uh, you know, I want to say 13 of the 2020 season. And not because I was like losing like tons of money, just because uh, I was at that point, I was betting like nowhere near the bankroll, probably like a thousand dollar bankroll, just kind of wanted to you know mess around and see. Uh, cut that off because I was like, okay, I'm clearly not ready. Kind of refined my skills. I actually took a class by a Harry Crane called like the it was the um, advanced analytics sports class that I think um, your guest Clive was also part of, Clive Bigsby. Mm-hmm. Um, that helped me understand a little bit more about the quant uh, the quantitative aspect of sports gambling because I was mostly a more of like a qualitative kind of guy. You know, I look at uh, like the kind of things like in the coaching matchups, like things that understanding the game that but not really like jump out to like the basic individual especially when all these high profile you know sports outlets are kind of promoting all this kind of nonsense content when like they're really missing the actual storylines that's the things they're kind of focused on uh came into the 2021 season with like a new refined approach had the bankroll of 10k and ended up with you know the honestly best season i could have asked for up over 65 units for the entire nba season so uh, nfl season excuse me so that was kind of my introduction. I'm not going to stand here and say, you know, I'm a professional now. One great season doesn't really change anything, especially when I'm betting into lines like, of course, um, against the spread, but also two team six point teasers when I have minus one head odds, player props and team tolls and other things. But, um, yeah, that kind of summarizes kind of how I started really thinking like more like an actual better instead of kind of just doing it for the sweat and for the fun. And from that experience that I had, I was writing a daily, excuse me, a weekly articles for this website, a very small website that I no longer write for, but I appreciate the opportunity for at OvertimeHeroics.com, where I was writing my best bets column. Um, I basically, after the season ended, I ended my working with them and I'd actually continued to pick up two jobs, one writing for FTN Bets, which is a fantastic website, highly recommend checking it out for betting, DFS, and... uh, all sports content. And now I'm also, because I wanted to kind of expand my betting repertoire into the NBA. Since I was a basketball player my whole life, I love the sport. I used to be the biggest basketball fiend on the planet. My interest in the NBA kind of slowed down the last couple of years just because the product, you know, I guess debatably has been, in my opinion, on the downturn. Mm-hmm. But I've been trying to kind of get back into it. So I've picked up a job writing with Wager Talk. Um, it's been great. I write about two games every single day. And I don't always obviously make a pick if I don't think I have a real good insight on that game. But um, I'm not out here, you know, again, putting a lot of money toward the NBA. It's kind of like my trial season where I'm kind of just gathering information, having some fun with it, doing some writing, and obviously looking to actually put together a fundamental strategy for betting the NBA also come the next season. Well, there you go. That's a fantastic thing. You know, Spanky's podcast we don't normally promote podcasts here, but we'll, we promote that one for many reasons. The main one being he's Greek-American, and I spent almost 20 <laughs> years living in Greece, so I have a very soft spot for him. 
the the thing so anyway i don't have a whole lot of time to listen to podcasts and about mm-hmm. four weeks ago i listened to some podcasts of spanky's on the flight to vegas and uh i was able to um alan boston was one of his guests that i listened to mm-hmm. and when you talk about books he talked about a book he read way back called the handicapper by robert kalish and it's a book that i've been trying to get for two years it's out of print and I ended up finding it. It was very strange. I heard the thing on the show, right? Two days later, I get this email from Abe's Books. It's a used book detailer mm-hmm. or retailer. And uh, they said, we found one. And I was like, wow. So you know what? That spanky podcast with those guys that he brings on are pros. You're going to learn a lot. You'll learn a lot from this one, too, because we bring pros on, too, whether they're just coming up or very well established. And I also want to thank you for, you know, I send my private picks to extra people besides tracking it at Betstamp for extra mm-hmm. transparency. I think you picked up on that. You were one of the people that received those. I want to thank you for doing that for me. And also, you were very kind. You said, hey, it's great intel. And, and I started reading your stuff, and I have the same thing to say to you. You <laughs> are doing that. this very well. I've been doing this content providing thing on the internet for about 15 years. And it, it probably the only site I haven't written for is Overtime Heroics. But one of the kids I mentor writes for them now and has been since they started. And I got to tell you, your work is exceptional. And and I don't say that just because you're on the podcast. I mean that sincerely. You are very good at what you do. And that's going to come out today because we're going to talk about three games and we're going to preview them. And if we have a pick, we're going to give them to you. You can track them at BetStamp. And here we go. We got the New York Knickerbockers. My Knicks. My you know, they Knicks call me well. a fanboy, you know, on this show. <laughs> 14 years I've been doing this show, Eric, and, uh, you know, I, I am a Knicks fan. And they're taking on the Philadelphia 76ers. That's a 10.5-point spread. The mm-hmm. Knicks are underdogs, and we have a 224.5-point total. And what do you like or dislike about this one? Well, let's just take a, take a quick step back. Did you watch that game on Sunday, last I, time these two teams played? I, I did, yes. Oh, wow. That uh, free throw fest. Uh, I saw a meme actually on Twitter after a picture of Harden and Embiid. And it was like, what's the best name for these for this duo? And they called them the clock stoppers. And I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, because it's true. <laughs> I mean, of course, I watch now full disclosure. I probably since 1969 have missed about seven games. Mm-hmm. And I lived in Greece for a long time. I had to watch it on my laptop at a very late hour. But uh, Knicks, I did see that. Embiid got to the line a lot. Harden got to the line a lot. I don't think the Knicks did. I don't think the Knicks got to the line as much. But then when you're just shooting triples, that's all you're going to do. Um, mm-hmm. But the Knicks, man, they're 27th in scoring this season. Mm-hmm. And they're taking on the number seven ranked team in points allowed. What do you like about this one? Um, from the Knicks perspective, and I have to again preface this with I am a Knicks fan as well, born and raised in New York and have actually lived in New York my entire life. So um, I bleed the blue and orange myself as well. May God bless you and, and on your journey <laughs> in, as a Knicks fan. You haven't had as much suffering as I have, and I'm, and I'm glad that you've been spared of some of that. Oh, I'm glad as well. I mean, I remember <laughs> my first my first real like engagement with the Knicks was when Carmelo Anthony and the and I think I was around 
I was in maybe seventh or eighth grade, which is hilarious to say. But um, looking back when obviously they lost to the Pacers in the playoffs a couple of times with Melo and JR and, and that crowd. And that's what really engaged me as like a big time fan to only set myself up for the heartbreaks that came year after year after year until today. Well, you could be a Nets <laughs> fan because they haven't had a good team. The New the Brooklyn Nets, New Jersey Nets, they've had four good seasons in their entire franchise history. And I've seen all four of them. The two with uh, Doc, when Dr. J played in the ABA, and mm-hmm. then Jason uh, Kidd and those guys when they okay. were still in New Jersey Nets. So you sp- that's even more more dismal being a Nets fan, I would think. But uh, what's happening in this game? Because there's a lot of little landmines, I think, in this one. Yeah, no, certainly. So from that matchup that we saw on Sunday, I mean, given the way that Joel Embiid basically manhandled both Mitchell Robinson and rookie Jericho Sims for the Knicks, who I think held his own pretty well, but he both he got both of those guys to foul out with you know some time left in the third quarter, basically. Um, they have no answer for Embiid, and if those two are off the floor, they actually don't have a single person who can even remotely try to guard him. So I'm expecting another major scoring night out of Embiid. Um, I also just the Knicks give you so little to get excited about, which is all the most like not only like you could be a bad team, but you could also maybe have some exciting spurts besides the RJ Barrett um, games, which he's a little still a little inconsistent still. Um, there's really not much to to really appreciate. Like, I would have thought on Sunday that the Knicks would have, you know, tried to maybe on a Sunday matinee, Mass Square Garden, show some pride, cover the spread, and they were incapable of doing that. So, um, the Knicks, as a road dog, are 7 and 12 covering the spread this season. And even with a 10.5 point spread, I can't confidently say they'll, they'll, they'll add another one to this game. I would lean toward Philadelphia. Um, not going to you know go out and say that I love this better or anything like that, but I do not see how the Knicks really stay competitive in this kind of game. That's where I'm going. I, I had Philadelphia on Sunday. What got me though was the under. I took the total. Mm-hmm. I went under. It was 217 and a half, and they went out and scored all those points in the first quarter, and, and then everything slowed down after that. I think that first quarter scoring was an aberration. This number 224 and a half. That seems to be a little bit high based on that amazing first quarter where no one played defense. Mm-hmm. The other thing, too, is with Philadelphia is that with James Harden on the floor, their defense is not as good. And let's face it, he isn't going to put up that defensive effort every night or any night mm-hmm. for that matter. And that's okay because he, he usually can outscore his opponent or whoever's guarding him, whoever his matchup is, so it usually works out. But over their last five games, the 76ers are 13th in points allowed. And that's a troubling thing. The other thing that troubles me about this game is Philadelphia. Over their season at home, they're 11-18 and 18 against the spread. Mm-hmm. That's never a good thing. But the Knicks, like you said, don't cover on the road either. And I think they're 13-16-1 as an away team this year. I think that's the number I have. Yours is probably more accurate. Either way, they don't cover, and, and that's important to note. I'm going to take Philadelphia tonight, and I'm going to let all those points, and I'm going to take, I'm going to give up all those points because I think Harden and the boys go out there and smash the Knicks on the road. I don't see how the Knicks are going to hang. You made a good point. Who's going to guard Joel Embiid? And that's Mitchell Robinson's job. 
And I don't think he's going to be out there much because he's got a bum knee, if you remember. And his back mm-hmm. is bothering him, too. Yep. And then here's a couple of other little tidbits. The Sixers are 4-1 and one against the spread in their last five games overall. The Knicks are 0-5 against the spread in their last five. Mm-hmm. All signs point to a, a nice little Philadelphia cover, I think. I completely agree. Uh, something, again, I would look towards, which is um, just thinking back, of course, trends aren't necessarily the same because both teams are not the same since the beginning of the season when these two teams already played two games. So this will right. be the fourth and final matchup of these two teams. But the Knicks actually bested the Sixers um, both times earlier this season when, again, Ben Simmons had was again has not stepped on the floor, but prior to the Harden trade, um, given the opportunity again, I mean the Knicks really did not put up much of a fight on Sunday. They had a couple of times where they had runs to you know bring the game within two points. They actually took a little bit of a late lead, but when it came down to the stretch, the superstars of the Sixers just showed why they're you know honestly an Eastern Conference favorite to, to win the Eastern Conference Finals and make their way to the NBA Finals. So I I will certainly. Lay the ten and a half, and I like Philly as well. I, I do too. I don't know about the total. I want to see what happens with that. Maybe the sharps will bang it a little bit. I, I don't think it's going to be as high scoring as it was. I think they had two hundred and thirty nine points on Monday, or on Sunday. The other thing about the Knicks, if you follow them as long as I have, they really don't perform well on uh, matinee games on Sundays at mm-hmm. home. So uh, that was that too. I always I always bet against them, no matter what the spread is, if they're playing on Sunday. But in this case, they're not going to do anything against Philadelphia. They don't look happy. That team ran their defense is not what it was last year, and, and that's a big thing. And plus, they're on a five game losing streak. You know, uh, Philly's on a three game winning streak. The Marky Mark bunch are going to have a great time in downtown <laughs> Philly tonight. Certainly. I think so. So we're going to Philadelphia 10.5. Again, you can find all those picks at betstamp.app. Charlotte, Cleveland. Charlotte is a three-point road dog. 218.5 point total. Cleveland was the betting darling of the first half of the season. They covered like nobody's business. Home, road, whatever. But they have injuries. What do you like about this one? Yeah, so it's certainly tough missing uh, Darius Garland, who's been fantastic for Cleveland so far this season, uh, really taking a a leap in his second season. Um, Charlotte is, in a sense, a little bit underperforming. Obviously, Cleveland is one of the best defensive teams in the league this season. Um, They're currently our first in opponent's points per game and are also – 10th in three-point percentage allowed from their opponents, so they're doing a really good job in not allowing teams to kind of really go off on them. So even though they are at home and they're coming off a tough loss against the Timberwolves, they didn't cover the spread, um, I like Charlotte in this game, honestly. I do. I saw it at four earlier this morning. I think it is down to three now, if I'm not mistaken. I'm Mm -hmm. pulling up. Yep. It's out to three now. Yeah, I saw it open at three and a half. But uh, I like Charlotte in the points. Uh, where do you leaning, Phil? Same place. Um, I like the Cleveland Cavaliers a lot. But I like them a lot better when Darius Garland's playing. They don't have a guard. They don't have anybody to really bring the ball up the floor. Now, Garland is uh, questionable for tonight. He's missed the last three. And, of course, that's probably had a lot to do with the fact that they are 5-5 uh, five and five over their last ten. 
But one of the things that I think is important to note is the defense of the Cavaliers is very good. Mm-hmm. Even with Garland off the floor, and Garland has been a big part of that defense. I mean, he tries. And that's more than a lot of guys do, but he does try. But at the end of the day, Cleveland is 0-5 against the spread in their last five games. They're not the same team that went into the All-Star break. Again, injuries. I'm not a big fan of Charlotte, though, Eric. I'll be honest. I I don't know what goes through their minds sometimes. Yes, I know LaMelo I Ball is young, but there are times when he's a su- really like a superstar. And then mm-hmm. there's other times he pulls the Jokic thing and starts sulking. And once he starts sulking, that team is in trouble. But I like that play, and I'll tell you why. Because without Garland, they have no guards. And you know he, you know their coach for Cleveland uh, is not going to push that kid because he's a good player. He's a part of their future. So mm-hmm. Bickerstaff will probably have him on a minutes restriction if he plays. But the end of the day is they've allowed the eighth amount of points over their last five games. And Charlotte is eighth in the league in scoring over their last five. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a battle. And it's yeah. going to be a close game. And I'm with you all the way. Charlotte plus three. I'll do that in a heartbeat. Now, do you have any interest in the total, though? Because for a Cleveland game, that seems a little high, especially at home. Because, again, they have the, they've allowed the fewest amount of points in the NBA this season at 102.7 points per game. And I know Charlotte scores. But this defense, that those triple towers of Allen... Marketing and Mobley are tough. Yeah, so I think that's a great point. But like you said, this is really strength on strength right now. You have the number one defensive team in Cleveland. But if you're looking at points per game right now, the league rank, um, Charlotte's number one at 114.1 points per game. They're letting up 114.8 points per game, which is why they're not um, you know, sitting higher in the standings. But when it comes to putting the basketball in the basket – the Hornets are really excelling this season. But to counter that point, what you're saying about, you know, those big three that they have inside as far as defensive perspective, yeah, that's going to make life difficult for, you know, like a Terry Rozier, LaMelo Ball, Miles Bridges getting into the paint. But if these guys are going to really be continuously shooting deep ball, which is what they do. Miles Bridges averages 5.8 a game, Rozier 8.2, LaMelo 7.3, three-point attempts per game. If they're doing their damage from the perimeter – um, you know, you can have whoever you want inside uh, down there protecting the, the paint. So I think this line is honestly very, for the total, is very interesting because I would agree, like, at a first glance, I would think that's way too high for a Cavaliers game. The Cavaliers are fantastic defensively. But kind of looking at where the matchups kind of exist again, um, if again, that the Hornets are raining three-point shots, you know, they could have had Hakeem, Bill Russell, and somebody else guarding the paint. It's not going to matter as long as they're pulling up from three. That's so exactly right. I don't have a definite, you know, play on, on the total. Uh, I do think, though, that this is could potentially be a trap, uh, considering, again, high-scoring offense, high-scoring defense. That's why the number's a little bit miscued. But if they're not playing any defense at the perimeter, then I think Charlotte can certainly, not, again, like we said, cover the spread. And this game could potentially go over because Charlotte doesn't cover anybody themselves. That's true. They've the Cleveland Cavaliers have also are allowing seven more points per game over their last five than they than their season average, and a lot of that has to do with the fact they don't have any guards, and guards are walking in. 
just like uh, Bell, Lamelo Ball will do tonight, probably. He'll just walk right through, and then we'll kick it out to the wings, and let's see what happens. I like the play. Charlotte plus three. I love it. One more, man. One more on your maiden voyage. <laughs> Oklahoma City. And if you knew the history of this show, oh, my God. I spent a whole year ripping. Well, mostly I spent five years ripping on the Thunder. I'm a, C- a Seattle Supersonics fan. So okay. I, so I don't like that team at all. But they're 13.5-point away dogs against the Denver Nuggets. The total is 225. What do you think about this game? Because when you talk about potential traps, that's a potential trap at 13.5 for Oklahoma City. Yeah, so the Nuggets are playing some of the best basketball of the season at the right time. They're eight, one, eight of their last nine, and they're 72 against the spread and are right third in net efficiency over, again, this last nine-game stretch where they're eight and one. Um, over the course of the series, um, they've played each other twice this season, and the Thunder actually lost the last matchup. I mean, excuse me, the Nuggets actually lost the last matchup. No, I got this wrong. I'm looking okay. at these numbers backward. Denver won, but did not cover the spread in their last matchup. And in the matchup prior, um, Oklahoma City actually bested Denver by a, a pretty wide margin, um, of course, covering the spread as they were underdogs in that game. Um, the Thunder are scrappy. They really are. But this is the time for Denver, if they really want to improve upon their, their standings in the postseason, they need to really take – these are must-win games for teams in the Western Conference that are looking to solidify their playoff standings. Nobody wants to play in the play-in tournament. Everybody wants to make sure they get their spot solidified now. So if you're Denver, especially at home, you need to win a game like this against the Thunder. But the spread of 13.5, that's going to kind of shake me off a little bit. It's shaking me off a lot. You know, we did a show about four weeks ago where we talked about away teams. And away teams to bat. And one of those teams is the Oklahoma City Thunder. They're 21-10 and against the spread on the road. They have struggled. They don't win games, but what you, you what you said is absolutely true. They're scrappy as hell, and Denver sometimes isn't. I know they're playing their great basketball right now. They won six straight. Mm-hmm. They're but they're eleven and sixteen against the spread at home. Covering the spread is not something Mike Malone is interested in. He doesn't care. Um, over their last five games, Denver is allowed the fifth fewest points per game. So their defense is coming around. Oklahoma City, though, they've been scoring. They're 11th in scoring over their last five, but overall they're 30th in scoring. They're dead last. Mm-hmm. They're dead awful. Last. They're awful. But you know what they're not bad at? Covering the spread. That's I, true. And, and the other thing, I'm not so sure Denver is a blowout type of team. They mm-hmm. might be, but I'm not sure that they are. I'm looking at their last 10 games here, and I'm trying to figure out when where they blew anyone out. Portland's last matchup, but that's also was a while ago. Like the, they blew out the point. They won one twenty four to ninety two. The Nuggets against Portland on the twenty seventh, and then the Thunder lost to the Kings by twenty one points on the twenty eighth. So, um, yeah, it's Denver's really coming in with the momentum, and now again the spread at fourteen and a half now at some places thirteen and a half at others. Um, it's hard to really gauge. It's it's this is a game where. I do not have a confident pick on. It's a game that I probably, you know, wouldn't necessarily even try to tune into initially either way. Mm-hmm. Just due to the matchups, I mean, Jokic is, is phenomenal and probably 
if not the MVP, you know, definitely top two. Um, it's it's a tough one for me. I think that the Nuggets have the potential and they're rolling, but again, just like you said, the Thunder overall this season being just in general 36, 20, and 4 against the spread compared to the Nuggets being 28 and 32 in total against the spread. Um, it's tough. It's it leans the numbers lean Thunder, but. If you're talking strictly, you know, basketball talent. But again, this is like something I think I've, we've seen in not just basketball, but in all sports, considering think about football this past season. You look at the Detroit Lions, clearly like one of the teams coming in with one of the lower expectations um, universally. And they covered the spread at one of the highest clips in the season because the market kind of understood that everybody was going to be like the Lions or the Lions. They're not a good football team. You know, let's they're going to get crushed. And the Lions would end up covering the spread. I think it's a similar situation with the Thunder this season. They clearly are devoid of like real NBA talent, minus obviously Shy, who's fantastic. And I think the market consistently kind of prices them accordingly, and they're just exceeding expectations. While the public continues to, you know, just be like, "They're the Thunder. They're horrible." Kind of like how the Rockets are in that same kind of boat this season, except they're not covering anything. <laughs> nope, they sure aren't. You know, they have Denver has exceeded expectations in the blowout department 15 points over sacramento as you mentioned they they played sacramento back to back the thing is is when you look at this team and what they've done as a team they've played basically one in their last 10 games they've played one two three four five six of those games against lottery teams so Mm -hmm. that's also something to keep in mind I don't know. Fourteen and a half points in an NBA game is too many for me. I I have to take Oklahoma City at fourteen and a half if that's what's offered. I, I mm-hmm. because quite frankly, I think they'll cover. I, I feel like they're going to cover. I, I know that that sounds silly to feel like it, but the end of the day, they play pretty decent. This this blunder team, and they fight, and they'll have Shy Gilgis Alexander tonight too, from what I've been told. And mm-hmm. if that's the case, he's okay. But here's a couple trends. Just let's see what happens. The Thunder are 4-0-1 against the spread in their last five games as an underdog of 11 or greater. And wow. they're 5-0 and against the spread in their last five road games versus a team with a winning home record. And I believe that covers this instance both times. I, I don't mind these trends. I don't mind laying or taking that many points either so i'm going to take oklahoma city bro i completely understand that um, i'm doing just a little quick research and something i find to be hilarious teams like oklahoma uh, oklahoma city they've never been a road favorite one time this season so right this is kind of tell you about how the market really views this team and again it's it's not that it's going to be straightforward it's not going to be like okay the oklahoma city thunder are a bad basketball team you take them to lose every single night that could be profitable obviously that's not how it works um so 14 and a half points, I agree too many. I wouldn't want to lay that as well on any team playing any team in this season. Even if it was the Suns, Thunder, Suns Rockets we saw a couple weeks ago, the Rockets were able to cover that game with a big spread. So no, I would certainly have to agree that 14 and a half taking them with the Thunder would be um, a better play. I think it is. And you know what? We hope that you get them all and you can track all those picks at BetStamp. And uh, great stuff today, man. It's so yeah. fun to finally have you on the show. We were going to talk football, and then we got, and then it was the holidays. We got all goofed up, and, mm-hmm. but you're here now, and that's all that here matters now. now. Tell everybody once again 
where they can find you, what all you're up to so people can follow you and gain from your hard work. Of course. So I got to thank you so much, Phil, for having me on. I know this will not be the last time. This will certainly be the first of many times we'll have this connection going. Oh, yeah. Uh, I've been kind of working on the sides, behind the scenes, on a little bit of a podcast that I'm trying to get going for myself with a more football-centric approach. So uh, I'll spare you those details until that goes live. But to get those updates and to stay up to date with what I've been currently doing, you can follow me at Twitter, at SlimeAction. Uh, that's my handle. Um, Eric P is that uh, username there. Uh, I am currently, again, writing about the NBA, doing daily two games or one game a day, uh, giving a little bit of insight into my picks. You can find that at wagertalk.com. In the news section, it's not a paid um, – you don't have to have the paid subscription to wagertalk to get those. And also for FTM bets, I am doing a lot of writing in terms of basketball and baseball. Um, I also am anticipating working with Wager Talk to provide baseball content if that ever happens. As we know, what's going on with the MLB and uh, Mr. Manfred and the inability to come to a deal. But follow me on Twitter at Slime Action. Follow me on Wager Talk as well as FTM Bets, and just come hop along this journey with me. You know, I'm, I'm not going to call myself a professional. I'm not going to call myself a, you know, top tier handicapper. But am I going to work my ass toward getting there? 100%. You did a great job today. Thanks for being here, man. Once again, you guys got to follow my friend Eric here. And yes, it'll be the first of many because baseball is one of my favorite sports and we'll have plenty to talk about this summer. And that's going to wrap it up for today's show. I want to thank Eric for being here. I also want to thank PlayUp Sportsbook for presenting the show. PlayUp.com, your one-stop shop for all your sports betting needs. Don't forget, all picks are tracked at BetStamp. App. Until next time, you all take care of yourselves. Be good, and most importantly... Ladies and gentlemen, my mother thanks you, my father thanks you, my sister thanks you, and I thank you. Thanks for listening to The Phil Nason Show. Download us at your favorite podcast catcher, including iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, or Google Play. And please leave a review. You can follow Phil on social media at Cash with Flash and like our Facebook show page.